Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Spent the Rent Podcast 100th episode. I started this podcast back in August of 2018 with a goal in mind to share the stories of the underrepresented of Lane County. Today, I'd like to give a couple shout outs, some updates on what's changed over the years. So let's just get straight to it. Before I do this, before I give some shout outs, I have to say there's so many people that have been extremely supportive. So it's impossible for me to spotlight everybody. I just picked a couple that lately have been really, really gonna going over the top for it, for the support. And I wanted to show my appreciation. So we're going to get to it. Ashley Sparks, thank you so much for sharing the streams. If you're listening to this or you're watching this, one of the best things you can do is you can go on the Facebook page or the YouTube or whatever and copy that and share it, you know, because if you share it, that, you know, broadens the audience. And there's a lot of people that I think would benefit from tuning into these podcasts. Rick Goldner, the host of the Wordwork Underground. Rick Goldner was a guest uh, as an author uh, spotlighting his new book. You know, Rick Goldner has been extremely supportive. He bought a t-shirt. You can buy a t-shirt if you go to my website, strpod.com. And he, he rocks uh, the t-shirt and pictures on Twitter, tags the podcast, gets the word out about it. He's helped it grow. Rick, I appreciate you. Blair Conrad for helping me behind the scenes when I got this started. Blair's been a guest many times. Blair's episode about her story of recovery is the absolute most popular episode. It's been listened to. That one's just audio. It was kind of early on. It's been listened to a a bunch of times. James Barber, uh, the host of his own show, Oregon Cashflow Pro on YouTube. Oregon Cashflow Pro is our title sponsor. And James Barber believed in me from the very beginning of the podcast. I met him through the show. Uh, he was at the time had just ended a run for county commissioner. And him and I have, have built a very strong relationship over the two years that I've been doing this show. And he has been extremely supportive, helped me with ideas in the beginning and a direction to go. And the political episodes that him and I did are some of my absolute favorite. I'd like to give a shout out to Justin Pluid and Shane Potter of the Flock Pod. Uh, Justin and Shane, again, behind the scenes, when they started their podcast, they reached out to me and asked me some, for some advice and I helped them. And by helping them, it helped me learn more about you know, what it is that I could do better and how to hone my craft. Justin has been a guest multiple times and Justin and, and Shane are just incredible human beings. So shout out to them. And if you're an Oregon sports fan, check out the flock pod. And I think anybody listening to this episode, cause my guest today is going to be a hockey player. I think you all would really appreciate the flock pod. So check out the flock pod. 
Matthew Hewlett of Hewlett Artistry. Matthew Hewlett is a filmmaker, cinematographer, photographer. He is an incredible uh, artist. He is now uh, one of my sponsors and Matthew and I are, are building a good relationship. We're going to be working on a political ad campaign in 2021 uh, after the new year. So check out for that. That's for the Oregon people's rebate. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. Also, Jake Williams, one of my good friends from high school. Uh, now he is with his own tattoo parlor, the Subdermal Art Collective. Jake Williams is a, is a model citizen. Uh, him and I, you know, bump heads sometimes in political views, and it's a perfect example of how you can have different views and still really have a lot of compassion for your friendship and, and care about each other. I want to remind you that this, if you're listening or if you're watching this, this podcast is available in both audio and video. The audio is on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. I mean, anything you can think of, any podcast site, just search Spent the Rent Podcast. Uh, also, you can go to my website, strpod.com, and there's going to be links to the major ones. And then uh, since the show is done through Anchor FM, you can go to anchor.fm slash strpod and find it that way as well. And you'll find a full list of all the different sites, but some of them aren't even listed. So if you use a random podcast site, just go on there and, and search for Spent the Rent Podcast and you'll be able to find the show. The video is uh, now on Facebook and YouTube. I've kind of been flirting with the idea of going live with videos, but it seems to me that if I just pre-record it, do some editing and it gets shared a lot, that's where you guys come in. I need you to share those streams. When I post the video and you see it, before you even watch it, just share it because that gets the word out for me and it, and it really helps me a lot. So that's, you know, that's kind of the big, the big things coming up. Uh, I just really want to say I appreciate everything every one of you has done to support me. Uh, comment on these Facebook posts, share the streams, you know, go to the website, strpod.com slash sponsors. If you'd like to become an individual sponsor, you can donate, you can make a one-time or a monthly donation and it gets your picture on the podcast website, which it really, really helps me greatly. I'm very fortunate to have a profitable podcast. Even though I don't make a lot of money, I've had a profitable podcast in under two years, which is something that is pretty unheard of. So I'm very proud of that. And I'm proud of the community that it has built. My favorite episodes are the political ones, but I definitely like to spotlight anyone that falls under the umbrella of the underrepresented of Lane County, which is a broad swath. I've got some really exciting guests lined up. This next few weeks, we're going to be really hitting it hard with the political episodes. Next weekend, I will be interviewing Chief Heppel of the Springfield Fire Department. The following week, I will inter interview Isaiah Wagner, who is doing a write-in campaign for mayor of Eugene. So that should be really interesting. And then the following week, kind of hitting right before the election, we're going to have Chris Wig come back on. And Chris and I are going to sit down and talk about what's on your ballot in Lane County in Eugene and Springfield. Again, thank you so much for all of your support. Uh, remember, strpod.com is my website. You can find out all kinds of stuff. If you would like to order a t-shirt, there's all kinds of stuff on there. Individual sponsorships help a lot. I'm going to say that one more time. strpod.com slash sponsors. And if you're a musician and you'd like your music to be played at the end of an episode, you can submit music to patty at strpod.com. So email me, patty, P-A-T-T-Y, patty at strpod.com. Thank you so much. Now let's get to our guest. My guest today from the University of Oregon club hockey team is Austin Poltz. Austin, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. So this is really cool. Little backstory. 
we had scheduled this interview in February and uh, that was the entire, the entire world has changed. <laughs> and so the intention on, we set this exact date back in February and the intent was to promote the upcoming season, to uh, let people know that tryouts would have been happening this week. And, you know, because it's a club team and we'll get into the details of what that means, it's a little bit more open for, for people to kind of walk on with it. So a uh, little backstory of who you are. You're a third year student at the University of Oregon studying sports business and you play defenseman for the University of Oregon club hockey team. Uh, so you grew up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I don't think you can get more hockey than that. Tell me a little bit about uh, growing up in Canada. Obviously, you know, hockey is the national sport, but what is it that got you into hockey and what made you fall in love with it? So, well, my dad was big into hockey when he was a kid. And basically by the time I could walk, he tossed skates on me and it just came naturally. And so ever since then, I kind of just like the first time I was out skating, I was like, get me a stick, get me a stick. And like, it just, I just wanted to play hockey right away kind of thing. Um, Is the competition level at such a young age? So when were you on your first team? Uh, I was five years old when I was on my first team. And in f- at five in Canada, what is the competition like? It's probably decent. It It's decent. I There's mean, obviously, some... you know, that's like a T-ball stage for baseball here. But still, I mean, you're learning skills. But they're probably keeping score and doing it pretty official at five years old. Yeah, like five years old, we played on a smaller rink. Right. So, like, a condensed-sized rink. But it would still be full ice and – um, back then, like even like the next age group up, age group up, we were playing full ice on a full size rink. So it was. That's pretty wild. I think in, in Oregon where hockey's growing, you know, with the Seattle franchise, the Seattle Kraken coming in, I think it's going to grow a lot more, but I, I think that there's like 11 and 12 year olds are finally starting to play on full ice 13, you know, so it's pretty wild to think of Canada. They're doing it at five. I could barely. Well, it, five. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's changed now. They've realized that smaller ice surfaces for younger kids actually makes them develop quicker. So, because they get the they get to touch the puck more, which on a full ice rink, it's two hundred feet, and they don't, it's a long ways for little sure. guys to go. Just a lot of icing, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. Your journey, you played some junior hockey for the the Golden Rockets. That's what it said on the roster for the Ducks on the website. So tell me a little bit about that and what that was like. Junior hockey is a great experience. It it helps players develop. You get a lot of ice time. And then it's like you're literally living the life. You're, you're living a dream. You You wake up, you go work out, and then you go to practice and – just you hang out with the guys. You hockey. So a lot of travel, yeah. right? A lot of travel. It's kind of, I mean, it's such an expensive sport for a parent <laughs> to get the kids into you. Now, junior hockey, is that semi-pro or is it something that's all your parents are on the hook? They had to invest a lot of money in this. It, they had to pay dues. Yeah. It's, it's due run. So it's like roughly around $3,000 to play for the team. Right. And then you have to pay billeting fees, which is like you go into a billet house for they feed you and 
that's your home for the year and everything like that. Right. Now, where were you located when you were doing that? I was in Golden, BC. Okay. Yeah. How far, nice... from, how far from home was that? How far from Calgary? That was only two and a half hours. Okay. So it wasn't too bad. So, Still, that's yeah. so weird. I get, I under, understand what you mean though about how you're living the life because you probably felt like a little miniature professional athlete. You know, you're, you're hitting the, the vans and you've got your little, you know, your bags. And I've only been able to experience a little bit of hockey, you know, with Lane County ice, it's not a huge thing. And that's kind of why we're here today. We're here to promote that. There's something that people just don't even know happens, you know, and you guys have had a lot of success with the club hockey team. They don't, we don't, we have the Eugene generals, the Eugene junior generals, and then the club hockey team and the Lane County ice experience is a lot of fun. It's really small. But what is it that made you kind of want to look at Oregon specifically? I, I went to a showcase in Bozeman, Montana. Right. And there was uh, about five to ten ACHA um, hockey programs there. And they were all looking at players, trying to get players out and recruit them. And I liked our coach, Riley Orr, a lot. His, he was a driven coach and he seems like he really wants to build this program to be something else. So that attracted me, but also the sports business program really attracted me as well because I know I want to do something within the sport as my career and having that on my resume would be unbelievable. Right. You know, this is the cool thing about club hockey is that you are the true student athlete. You know, because it's all you have to do fundraising, which we're going to get to in a little bit to talk about that. Uh, so if anybody's not familiar with how this works, there's a lot of club sports at the University of Oregon and, and at most schools. So there's the varsity programs. I think that's what it would be called, you know, that are typically the scholarship programs like football. And because of Title IX, you have to have the same amount of men's and women's sports one of the things that they can do to provide opportunities for both men and women in different areas of sport that don't maybe bring in as much revenue as there's club sports. So the school helps you, but a lot of the fundraising is on you. You know, is that true? And, and you guys do a lot of the legwork and, and that self-promotion. Now the benefit of that in, in the, the, the benefit of that is, is that you can do things like this without having to get clearance from, from the higher ups. I know if you're on the football team, then these interviews for me to get an interview, there's a lot of chains of command. I've, I've reached out to players and they've told me that they were interested, but they're like, but I have to get it approved. And there's only a certain press area that they actually grant interviews to tell me what you can about club sports at the university of Oregon and how in the last few years, in your three years of being here, how the support from the university has changed. Uh, the, well, club sports loves our program. They really, they really like us and what we're trying to do, and they support us a lot with resources. Right. Um, but when it comes to finances, like we get a small allocation budget from the school, which can bear well, it would only cover like half our ice costs for the year. Right. So, all most of our stuff like our budget comes from player dues and uh, any fundraising that we can get, but the school like Sean and Ben in club sports are 
unbelievable people and they help us with anything that we need. I've noticed a big change in the last, you know, five years or so. Uh, do you know, cause I know you've been here for three years, but do you know when hockey came back to the U of O? Cause for a while it was gone. There was no hockey. Uh, I think it was in the nineties, okay. late nineties, but it's like really, 1997 or something like that. That sounds about right. But it's really blown up in the last seven or eight years. It seems like, uh, you know, I know there's a, like I said before, the Seattle franchise coming in for the NHL and I had Dan Trent on, uh, he's a junior generals head coach. Uh, he was talking about how the Northwest is going to be booming with hockey and new hockey fans. And, you know, it's, we're going to get to the COVID situation in a bit because hockey just ended like the NHL just ended last week. And it's insane because this is not a summer sport, you know, so yeah. everything is out of whack. So it's going to be interesting how that all plays out because uh, hockey and basketball kind of go hand in hand as far as the NHL schedule and NBA schedule. So when does the hockey season typically start for the NHL? It's, it's October. It's like the end of October, correct? So they're probably pushing yeah. that back to December. Is that true? I've I've heard anything from November to beginning of December, so it it's changed a little bit. But they'll probably just go with what basketball's kind of similar to schedule yeah. to what basketball's doing. It's ah oh man, I feel for those players that went far in it because it's just it's not even going to stop. There's no off season, and I don't follow NHL a lot, but uh, I definitely know the grind of all of it. So. uh what is your experience with Lane County ice? It's a small rink and I'm sure with your experience in Canada, there's been a lot bigger rinks, but you know, have you guys been able to get kind of more of a turnout? Uh, what has been a successful move and what has been some bumps as far as getting the word out that the hockey university of Oregon hockey team has been doing really well. Um, well, Lane County, Lane County ice is good to us. It's, it's a huge facility. It's just, it's hard to fill because it's so, it's so big. Right. Um, but within the, like from my first year here to the end of last year, our fan base has grown substantially and it's, it's a lot because we have started marketing and promoting the organization a lot more. Um, it really, we've gotten out in the community and I think that's helped us a bit, but word of mouth is how, our games travel like we use our social media platforms the best we can and then just try and get as many people out as we can. I think one of the things that or not think I know one of the things that Oregon sports in general are known for is the gear. And so the hockey jerseys that the university has provided or helped you guys with is they're pretty incredible. And so I noticed on the website, there was Jordan Bell, uh, you know, NBA basketball player, former Oregon Duck basketball player, rocking a hockey jersey. And, you know, hockey jerseys are expensive, but they're, they're super, super tight jerseys that they are selling. And, I, you know, they had them at the Duck store. And I'm sure that that actually helps a lot because one of the things that just catches eyeballs from the University of Oregon by design is just the Nike jerseys. I don't know if the hockey jerseys are Nike, but, but uh, they're not, no but they're, they're super tight and you got all the logos and stuff. And, and the university is really supportive of club sports like that. That's really good because in the past I've seen it where it's t-shirts, you know, with little iron on stuff. And so it makes a big difference with the presentation because 
I don't want people to get the wrong impression that club sports aren't competitive. It's extremely competitive, you know, and it's just because you cannot have a football team with a hundred plus players and then have the same amount. Title nine is really why I'm not knocking title nine. I think title nine is good. If someone's not familiar, title nine is that you have to have the same amount of scholarships across the athletic department between men and women. And so football has so many players that, uh, you know, is the women's hockey team, there is a women's hockey team at the U of O, is that correct? No, okay. So, but there's other sports that, there's more sports for women because of the fact that there's so many football players, you know? So yeah. the competition level in, in hockey for club sports though is really high. So tell me about that, the Pac-8. So there's a few schools in the Pac-12 that don't, that don't do it. Uh, who is your biggest rival in conference? Our biggest rival in conference would have been it's definitely Boise. Yeah. Well, like, well, we're the most competitive. They're the most competitive team we play, but UW, of course, is our rival. Right. Um, because Oregon State doesn't have a team, so we we say Washington is the hate. <laughs> Oregon State's kind of like the little brother. Washington's the one we hate. So is Boise yeah. in the Pac-8? It was. Yeah, they've decided to go independent for this year, and uh, we've also decided to jump out of the pack eight to yeah. go into a more competitive league and make our schedule a little bit tougher. So would that mean that kind of like how Notre Dame does it in football, that you can have an open schedule, so you can schedule with anybody in any conference all season? Wow, that's a lot of opportunity, you know, to yeah. really get competitive. Uh how has the program changed in your three years of being here for you? I mean, you said before we hit record that the last two years you guys have been really successful. What was the first year like? First year was the first year that our coach really got to go out and recruit and bring in players. And so I was part of that group. Um, There's about six Canadians that he got brought down and found some good American players. And we just, it was we built. gelled right away. Right. So it's yeah. kind of a transition year the first year. And then what, I mean, like you said, the gel, the just team chemistry, but what do you think it is really is just a good group of players that are just a tight bond. I mean, what, what attributes to the success? I think we've had, we've had some skilled players for sure, which has really helped us. And unfortunately a lot of them graduated last year. So this being with COVID and everything and, everything else it's been a tough recruitment year for our coach but he's found some hard-working players and like so getting back to your question but (laughs) the the skilled players really helped us and we work hard our our guys work hard and we're all so competitive that losing is not an option so now in hockey one of the most popular things is fighting what is the fighting rules? What are the fighting rules in, in uh, Pac-8 or in club hockey for university? Do they allow that? As much as I would love to be able to fight, we can't really because it's a three-game penalty for – or three-game suspension for one fight. Wow. Have you been up to watch the Portland Winterhawks? I have not, but – my hometown, Calgary, has a WHL team. Okay. And those games are pretty fun as well. They, it's, it's pretty wild. I was at a match up in Portland, and 
if anybody hasn't gone, I highly recommend it. But they definitely do let them fight. You know, that's a different thing because it's professional sports. I think it's like a semi pro. I don't have any idea or claim to know anything about the levels of hockey clubs. It's so confusing, you know. I mean, because I think with, with baseball, there's the minor leagues, you know. And I think that was always my impression back in the day was that the Winter Hawks were like a minor league team. And that's not, that's not really how it works. It's just completely different. It's just a ton of leagues. Yeah. They they kind of are like a minor league team, but they're not. They're not considered semi-pro because they don't technically get paid, but they are allowed endorsements. Right. Um. So, but it's it's junior hockey. It's U twenty one. It's between sixteen and twenty one years old, and those guys are just. It's technically a development league for those high skilled players to go play in a professional environment and it's a stepping stone for them to go play in the NHL or the AHL. Right. And a lot of them do. I mean, at the game I was at, they were showing on the, on the jumbotron, they were showing all of the players just from the year before that were in NHL on NHL rosters. So yeah, Portland Winterhawks is a good level. Um, So now one of the things we've already touched on is sponsorships and, and, getting the word out about the hockey team, the university of Oregon hockey team sponsorships are something that really drives it. Uh, what are you guys doing to get sponsorships? I know with COVID it's difficult. So people can go to your website, which is OregonDucksHockey.com, And I was on there and it looks pretty barren right now because this is kind of a hurdle where, like we said before, this would be tryouts. You guys would have been able to do be hitting it hard with sponsorships there's some questions on when the season actually will start. You said it's pushed back till January. Uh, what can people do to help? I mean, so who do they reach out to for sponsorships? Go to the website. Is that what they do? They, they can go to the website or they can contact, they can email us directly at Oregon hockey coordinator at gmail.com. Right. Um, and this, this coming weekend, on October 11th, we're actually hosting a fundraiser golf tournament. Um, so that's, we're still looking for sponsorships for that. So it's just little donations here and there. Everything kind of helps and we'd be happy to get some big businesses on board for sure. Sure. So like you said, little donations, individual sponsors would be really good. So if you're listening to this or you're watching and you want to help this team you know, exist because this COVID situation has really destroyed everybody. So go to the website, OregonDucksHockey.com and make a small donation, you know, and then if you're a business that you would like to get a, a relationship, I'm sure that your rates are probably better than ever right now because you understand that it's going to be difficult to get eyeballs on the ice. And that's the part, you know, cause when a sponsor, a business sponsors a, a hockey club, they'll have, you know, signs put up around the walls on the hockey arena uh, and on your uniforms, right? Is that true? Have you guys done that? The sponsor. We haven't done that yet, but it's definitely on our radar. Like we also have um, during our we film all our games and live stream them, so we can throw up uh, oh. business logos on that as well. That's actually really good news. So where it, and the streams would be on your website again? Is that yeah. correct? So that's actually uh, it's actually through it's a, it's through our YouTube channel. Okay. So I'll put the link in the show notes to the YouTube channel as well. That's actually one question I wanted to ask because if the season starts off in January 
and there's no fans, like if it's not, you know, if we're still social distancing, which I would imagine we will be, people can watch it on YouTube. And has that gained in popularity? Has that really helped since you started that? Yeah. When did yeah. you guys start doing that? Oh, they were doing that before I got here. So it's, yeah. it's been around for a while. See, this is why I like to do this show because I had no idea. And those are things yeah. that I would like to watch. Even though the experience of going is great, we may not have that option. So that's really cool. So I'll definitely put a link in the show notes to the YouTube channel. Is it just like everything else? It's just, it's probably pretty easy to find, right? It's just, you it's very easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. Cause those, those uh, clips are probably awesome. So for sponsors, again, like you said, well, you'll do some, is, a, is it all live? The, the, the streams or are they pre-recorded? They're live. Oh, that's great. So our, uh, our, our announcer and he's like a, unreal one-man show he'll he'll throw up logos and be announcing the game and doing everything all at once it's he does a really good job that's pretty great i'm definitely gonna be tuning into that now if you're a, a student and you're watching this and you're interested what's the situation like with tryouts i know that was supposed to be this week you know so if you wanted to play what is the situation like for that we are we're still undecided when we're going to be able to host them. Um, so it, we're hoping that we can do it before Christmas break, but if not, then it'll be first weekend of January. Right. Now, what do you think is the best resource? Now we're going to be putting a ton of links in the show notes, but for me personally, like with the podcast, my, my best resource is Facebook. That's the one that I get the most information out. What would you say is the best resource? Is it Facebook, Twitter, we, when we update one social media platform, we update all at the same time. Um, so any of our social media platforms, um, we do have a recruiter like form on our website. If you're interested about playing, go ahead and fill that out and we'll get in contact with you with any information that you would need. Um, but anything regarding tryouts, we'll post on social media. Yeah. Now it's Beforehand. it is competitive. It's it's a very competitive league. Uh, but what is the type of player you're looking for? I mean, would it be people that have obviously a little bit of experience in hockey at least? You know, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I can't skate backwards. I don't know how the hell you guys do that. It's so crazy watching people. Just like I was watching the the end of the the championship with the the lightning. And these guys are just gliding around. And I'm like, dude, I can barely walk that well. I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> I guess like you said, when you grow up five years old on skates, it just makes it pretty easy, you know? So it's just so natural to you. And I, I mean, yeah. you're, anybody watching this feed, you got a hoodie on. People don't realize, dude, you're pretty freaking ripped. These guys may, are, are pretty, you know, these players, uh, when you guys come in, I'm like, dude, those guys are bruisers. Different body type. You know, I think hockey, because of all the gear, people look so much bigger on the ice when you're in, in the stands, but I've cut your hair before. I've seen your shoulders, dude. I wouldn't want to, you say you're like, I, I wish we could fight. <laughs> that's just so funny. And that's such a, that's such a thing that's so foreign in American sports that the, the yeah. desire to fight and it's totally different. It's like old school. Tell me about that. I know that that's the one thing that everybody loves. So what? I'll go back to my junior career. Yeah. I'll, I'll just take you back to my junior career. Cause like, it was so much more physical. Like, and if you hit somebody hard, you're just expected to just turn around and you're fighting somebody. 
Like if so, it's an improper hit or even just like a totally legal hit? If it's a totally legal hit, if, if it's one of their top guys, someone's going to come after you. It's just the way it is. And so when I was in junior, I, we were allowed five fights before a three-game suspension or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I would max out my fights within those. So I fought 15 times in junior. And oh, my gosh. So you're a defenseman. Like, so yeah. in hockey, if somebody's listening is unfamiliar, uh, there's what, what is called an enforcer. And so you have your little, right, right? I mean, you can talk on this a little bit, the henchmen. And so, yeah. or the goons, that's the other word, right? That people will call them. So there's, the, there's the, the scoring guys, the forwards and whatnot centers that, uh, you know, like for people that don't know anything about hockey like myself, like the Wayne Gretzky. Now this is really old, but Wayne Gretzky would be out, out and about doing his thing. If a defenseman got a big hit on him, here comes Marty McSorley. <laughs> right that would just be like i'll I'll fight your battles so you yeah. were that guy huh in in a sense yeah i like i stick up for my teammates if i see something that isn't right on ice there i think there should be a consequence for the other guys so it's such tradition what is it like after the fact i mean in rugby which i'm actually in talks with the U of O rugby team to do an episode about that but what is it in rugby after the competition is over, they're all having beers together. You know, you know, like it's a traditional thing at every level of rugby for them to be kind of uh, chummy with the opponents after the fact, like the, once the competition's over, they're all friends. How is it in hockey? Do you guys have kind of a mixed bag? Is there bad blood between certain schools? I mean, obviously Washington, they can go to hell, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we all respect each other off the ice. It's, it like you can have buddies on the other team, but you're not buddies with them when you're on nets. Sure. So is it similar to like AAU in basketball, how you grew up with some of the people, even here, even though you're from Canada, there's probably some crossover where there's people that you may have played with or people that you competed with and were in different tournaments. So there's probably a lot of people you recognize when you go line up against them. Yeah. And like, even with these past two years, like you get to know guys on the ice, like you'll talk to them. And just when there's between whistles and everything like that, and they're like, you form relationships, but when it's not between whistles or something like that, it's right. The competition <laughs> level is definitely there. And you, it, yeah, I've always, and, thought, you know, I'm a big basketball fan and, and a lot of people complain that like, Oh, all these players are all fraternizing now and hanging out. And I'm like, I don't think that once the, the ball is tipped that there's any issue of competition. I think that they're pretty brutal. They're good competitors, but you know, it used to be a lot uglier of a game. And I know hockey's the same thing that they've tried to clean it up. And there's kind of this question on like what level they want to accept fighting. Cause it's part of history. It's part of the traditions, you know? So yeah. In, in Canada, they've actually gotten rid of it in a few leagues now. And they've actually switched like a lot of junior guys don't wear visors anymore. They're switching to full cages. So it it's the sports changing and like even if you look at junior generals playing style compared to ours it's completely different they're more skill-based we're more physical and yeah so does that lead for more scoring when they're kind of getting more speed skate kind of you know you get more skill-based players does that lead to more scoring or i mean i guess it's kind of a balance because the defenders are also more skilled yeah like those skill guys don't like to get hit. They don't know what to 
what to do when they do get hit. So when they play against a physical team, it's actually a harder game for them. Right. Versus when they play against another skill-based team where they know they're not really going to get touched that much. They're going to get just stick lifts and they can use their speed and use their hands a little bit more and not have to worry about getting a body ran through them. So how many years have you, you played hockey you said since you were five? So gosh, 15 plus years, something like that, you know? Yeah, it's 19 years. How do you have all your teeth? Uh, one of, <laughs> I've only been high stick once. Yeah. So you just been lucky. Yeah. And it was, I've, it chipped off half my tooth and I, I was know. able to keep it. They just filled it. I don't know why so. you prepared it. I think it's better when a hockey player has the chip. No, these are the pressing questions that everyone wants to know. In a fight, have you ever been able to successfully pull their shirt over their head? No. <laughs> that is the move. That is the move. They, uh, they've implemented fighting straps. So it's this little strap that hooks onto your pants, and it, it makes it very difficult to pull a jersey over someone's head. That is very unfortunate because I think that that's yeah. the move. I remember on a video game, I don't know, Blades of Steel or something, that you could do that move if you knew how to get that combo right. And that was pretty incredible. That was the move. That's really unfortunate. And whoever made that rule should be fired. But (laughs) it was no rule. It was just the the safety of the player. Right, right. So let's talk about your championship. Last season, the U of O club hockey team was undefeated in conference play, which is insane. 13-0-0-1. Uh, and then, I mean, only overall in, in regular season, you guys only lost three games. So that was an extremely successful season. What was the conference championship like? I mean, winning that had to have been extremely rewarding. Yeah, it was, it was a great experience. I mean, we had our ups and downs. Like, we, we battled some of those games, and it, we decided to start off slow for some reason that weekend, and we were able to push back and – fight our way to a champion and second championship so it was second in a row yeah yeah so two years in a row defending champion for conference that's awesome uh the banner is going to be on the bottom of the screen so go ahead and show us those rings because that you're wearing a little bit higher those are pretty incredible and you know it's funny we were talking off air about uh who you had played in regionals and you had to look on the ring you know so there's yeah. a lot going on with those oh. things yeah, that's pretty that's, sweet. Uh, the people listening yeah, to the audio cool. version of this hate us right now. They're like, what's going on? <laughs> I can't see it. So for yeah, those guys, this is a good time to plug it. That Nice. So this is a good time to plug. If you're listening to the audio of this, you can go to Facebook or YouTube to watch the videos of every episode. And I usually try to drop them on Saturdays. And so, yeah, so there's that. That's really cool. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about COVID issues. It's going to be pushed back until uh, January. I think that's really good news to get that word out, the live streams of the games, uh, you know, follow the, the hockey team on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, on MySpace, on Instagram, have a, a messenger dove. Uh, no, it's really, really cool to follow your guys's progress. And I started following your guys's Facebook page quite a while ago. And I don't know, the algorithms are weird. So sometimes I don't see it. So that's why I've actually done, my due diligence to follow the Twitter feed as well. You know, if you follow a couple of different places, at least that way it doesn't get slipped through your radar. So I recommend that people do that. This is really cool to get to talk to you. I'm 
I really want to come and watch you guys play. And I keep saying that and I don't ever end up doing it. So that makes me really excited about the live feeds on YouTube. Uh, Austin Poltz, this is really great to get to talk to you. I'm, I'm stoked that you came to Oregon and that we're actually getting Canadians because then we can compete. <laughs> because <laughs> you're not going to win at hockey if you don't have someone with a Z at the end of their name, you know? So <laughs> that's pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm happy I came down here and it's, it's been awesome since I've been down here. Like the community sport that we do have is amazing. And the volunteers that help us out, if anybody, if you want to contribute by volunteering as well, like just get a hold of us uh, through our website. Well, one of the things I anything. Yeah, that's great. And then also, like I said, sponsorships, everybody go to the website and I mean, you can sponsor, you can, you can donate as an individual with 15, five, 10, $20, whatever you want to do to help the team. It really, really helps them dramatically. So, so please do that. One thing I want to touch on before we get out of here is I've, I've been humored by, uh, so since you're Canadian and you've came here and, and I'm a barber and we get to talk about politics and we won't get super into it because I know that this is, you're doing a little business here with the hockey team, but yeah. you've asked me some funny questions along the way. You're like, why the hell do you do things like this? Like, why is it that way? We, you and I had a conversation one time about healthcare and it just made me really angry with you because you're like, ours is just so good. I don't know. Like what you told me, <laughs> you told me some of the things that were bad with it and some of the issues and we were really honest and it's really cool. It's my favorite part of my job is to get to talk to people from different countries that I can get their experience. But I just remember, and I'm joking. You're like about being angry, but like kind of, but like, I remember you telling me about it and I'm like, I'm asking you and I'm, and you're like, yeah, it's just, I just go get seen by a doc. I don't know like what the problem is. I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> so yeah, you just, you walk in you check in, you go see your doctor. And on, then if you need a prescription, they give you your prescription paper and you leave. And then they validate your parking. Yeah. It's, it's really, <laughs> so, I mean, just, just on a brief thing, what is your take on what's going on in America? I know you can't get into it too much, but what I just want to, as a Canadian outside opinion, I think you guys are in a tough, tough spot. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's, you're, you're between a rock and a hard place. I don't think there's, I don't think either Trump or Biden are viable options, but no, it's a nightmare. It is pretty wild yeah. to hear about, about Trump getting COVID, you know, watching yeah. the news has been pretty, and I, I want to make this clear. This is the hundredth episode we need to go high with this. We need, you know, take the high road. Like nobody, nobody needs to be, you know, wishing it will on, on anybody, including our divisive president, you know, so ugh, pretty crazy times, but I definitely really do appreciate the conversations that you and I have had about politics behind the scenes. And it's really interesting to hear your input. And you've told me some negative things too about Canada and the way things are done and how it's not perfect. There is no perfect setup. I mean, the definition of politics is deciding who gets what, you know? So there's always going to be a fight and a struggle for that. I just wanted to touch on that yeah. a little bit. It's kind of funny to me. <laughs> so Austin Poltz, the university of Oregon club hockey team, the UO club hockey team. So again, I'm going to say it for the umpteenth time, the links to all of the socials will be in the show notes to Instagram, to Twitter, to Facebook, to YouTube. And so everybody definitely follow those. And I, I mean, absolutely follow the YouTube because that's where the live streams will be. And I'll be doing that. So thanks a lot for doing this. It's really cool to chat with you. Uh, I picked a song because this is my hundredth episode called a hundred days. 
uh, but I wrote it about the hundred days of Obama's administration, but the way that I write my lyrics, it's pretty abstract. So I think it fits today. So that's the song we're going to close with today is me self-esteem, but Willie with a hundred days, Austin Poltz. Thanks a lot. You're awesome. Thank you for having me. Sacrificial worship, secondary accomplishments, not a step, chances at self-fulfillment. Problems with your mind, set the table for a profit on a ride. I can't get off it. I toss it to the side as my life felt like a chore. Decided it was time to live for something more. I toss it to the side as my life felt like a chore. Decided it was time to live for something more. Change. Are we actually ready? Strange. Now it seems I am upset. Nothing is what they're doing Always seen and never heard You always hang on my every word Always seen and never heard You always hang on my every word Always seen and never heard You always hang on my every word Always seen and never heard You always hang on my every word Our nation is at war against the far-reaching network the violence and hatred. Our economy is badly weakened, a consequence of greed and irresponsibility on the part of some, but also our collective failure to make hard choices and prepare the nation for a new age. Homes have been lost, jobs shed, businesses shut Growing unenjoyment, we're slowing feats of fun A bit of man forced in your plan is accepting or done A system built for failure, hypocrisy at best The treasury will nail a bill to your chest With growing unenjoyment, we're slowing feats of fun A bit of man forced in your plan is accepting or done A system built for failure, hypocrisy at best The treasury will nail a bill to your chest Change, are we actually ready? Strange, now it seems I am upsetting Nothing is what they're doing. Always seen and never heard. You always hang on my every word. Always seen and never heard. You always hang on my every word. Always seen and never heard. You always hang on my every word. Always seen and never heard. You always hang on my every word.